welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to our podcast, Hugh James Talks About Abuse. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Hey, Danny. And this is, I should have said, Danielle. I am hosting today, and we are going to be talking about the Netflix documentary called Keep Sweet, Pray, Obey. So before we get into this, I just want to give a brief introduction and trigger warning to say that if you have been affected before by any form of sexual abuse or in regards to religious closed communities, this may not be the podcast that you want to listen to. So I would suggest you possibly switch off and join us for another podcast. So to start off with, Kathleen, you have done a lot of work in this area. So I thought I would get you to introduce to our listeners just a bit of background about what you've done. Jenny, thanks for that. I um, have been working on cases involving closed communities since about ooh, 20, 2013, 2014. Closed communities really just refers to groups. They could be religious organizations, faith-based organizations, or, or other types of communities that are quite insular. There might be distrust of secular authorities and a reluctance and or resistance and or direction from the organization to avoid any contact with secular authorities and or the outside world or anybody who is part of the world outside of the community that they come from. So in the context of sexual abuse cases, uh, I've dealt with cases involving the Jehovah's Witnesses, and certainly the points that I've just made do, do apply to them. I've dealt with cases involving the Jesus Army is the kind of colloquial term. It's the Jesus Fellowship Church. And the similarities are are striking, I think. In terms of the issues facing survivors of sexual abuse who come from closed communities, certainly the barriers to disclosure are the same as they are for people who come from, unfortunately, sexual abuse that's happened in other settings. However, there are additional barriers, I guess would be the best way to put it, which are that if you come from one of these communities, you, you may have been taught to distrust the outside world, as I've mentioned. And so the thought of then disclosing your abuse to somebody outside the organization probably is anathema. And if you do, then you've been raised to kind of believe that the outside world, including police, social services, et cetera, are worldly, controlled by the devil and things like that. So those can be reasons why survivors from these communities don't come forward. And I think certainly is something that I, over the course of doing this work for quite a few years now, have learned about the sensitivities of this particular groups of, of victims and survivors and why they find it difficult to disclose or, or issues that they may have around distrusting anybody who's who's from outside their community. Wow. So that is a lot of experience in, in this area, Kathleen. So for any of our listeners that have not really read very much about this or 
watched anything before, we were focusing on the documentary that came out on Netflix called Keep, Sweet, Pray, Obey. And just as a brief overview, I won't ruin it for anyone that is planning on watching it. It's a documentary about the untold story of Warren Jeffs, which was a Texas-based religious closed community. It looked at bigamy, abuse, and pedophilia within the group. The leader of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, he had been the head of the church since 2002 and actually then went to prison in 2011. And one of the things that I found really surprising in this documentary is that the followers still continued to take advice and instruction from him when he went to prison. So they were visiting the prison, taking down notes of for his speeches and then going back to the rest of the community to feed this back. At the time of arrest, Warren had 78 wives. 24 of these were under 17. And throughout the documentary, you you can see that law enforcement and the equivalent of social services weren't going into the community because as you say, it was it was closed off. So there wasn't very much knowledge about what was going on. So the documentary focused on the investigation by the police, but also a number of individuals that then left and, you know, were discussing their experiences. So three main people that that were focused on was a female that was married very, very young without her consent really she was told you're going to marry an elder and she had a number of children so then felt unable to leave then there was another female who was a daughter and one of many siblings and it became really clear that she was afraid to leave because she was going to be shunned she was going to leave her family and never be returning to that and then there were actually a number of teenage boys that were effectively removed from the community because what they'd established, the leaders, is that there were too many young males. So especially if the elders wanted a number of wives, there there was an imbalance of too many young men. So in one part of the documentary, there were all these young young boys, you know, sort of 14, 15 that were just left on the steps of a local town, really not knowing what was going on to them, what were, what was going to be done, and they'd left their family. So as a documentary, as I say, if any of our listeners are interested in it, I think it's really worth a watch. Mm. No, absolutely. I think it's important that we point out um, just in terms of terminology. So we're talking about the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There is also the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is also known as the Mormon church. And there have been some recent headlines about a sexual abuse scandal in, in the Mormon church as well, which we will be talking about in an in a upcoming podcast. But this is the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints which was run by Warren Jeffs originally, his father, and then Warren Jeffs took over. I think it's important that we talk about, Danny, the where the title comes from of the documentary, this Keep Sweet, Pray, Obey. And, and that is that was the teaching, rather, of Warren Jeffs to the females of the closed community, which was that, exactly as it says, they needed to remain sweet and 
pray, obviously, and also obey. And so certainly, you know, women, females, girls were at the very least second-class citizens, I think probably even even less than that. And as you say, we don't want to give away any spoilers, but what, what has, does end up, you know, happening and coming out is that Warren Jeffs is actually an abuser, a uh, sexual abuser, and, and is abusing children. So it's important as well to look at it from the point of view of a victim and survivor who would come from this community. I sometimes think of it in my own mind as what it would be like to be from another planet. Say you're a Martian and you suddenly land on Earth and everything is foreign to you. And that would almost be the experience of somebody who would be leaving, say, this community as as the example that we're looking at today, which is that they live in very rural part of, of the U.S. They don't leave the community. They are educated. That's kind of, I say, educated in air quotes in the community. They attend church in the community. Everything is done within the community. And so they don't really have contact with the outside world. And certainly they're taught to distrust the outside world as well. So even if they were to come in contact with them, there would be a kind of distrust and fear of them, anybody who's from the outside world. And in addition to that, there is the issue of shunning. And it is something that I've certainly experienced in other closed communities and cases that I've dealt with. And I think that's something that is a big stick, so to speak, in in preventing people from leaving these communities and in the context of somebody who's a survivor of sexual abuse to come forward. Because if you imagine you've been abused, but you've grown up in these this very close community. There's nobody that you can kind of turn to in the community. And you know, if you were to leave the community and try and report this or get help, you would be shunned. And so you would have no contact with your family again. And, and you know nothing else. You, the outside world is really like, you know, landing on another planet. So there are really significant barriers. And I think it's something that requires a broader conversation about how do we reach out to these communities how do we how do we reach out to the victims and survivors within these communities help them to come forward help them to disclose and, and feel safe in, in doing so it's certainly something that on a national level has been recognized and operation hydrant has employed an, an ISVA, so an independent sexual violence advisor specifically to try and outreach closed communities and hard to reach groups because you know we know that there are a lot of these types of communities and or hard to reach groups whatever term you want to use out there where certainly sexual abuse is happening but victims and survivors aren't able to come forward often i think for the reasons that that we've talked about yeah and it's important i think that we mentioned that although we're talking about this particular documentary that happened in america this is you know worldwide this is a problem in the uk it's not just one particular country where this is an issue. And one thing you you picked up on, Kathleen, and that I watched and, you know, hadn't really thought about it too much, is that a lot of the things in the closed community sometimes are implemented slowly. So when I was watching the documentary, first of all, the females had a lot more freedom, perhaps in respect of, you know, how they were wearing their hair, the clothing that they were wearing. And then that changed. So, you know, you couldn't wear specific clothes colors because that was in association with the devil and and it got stricter and stricter. And then more literature was removed. You know, we are talking about people that, as you say, have no access to the outside world and that in the documentary, you had women that actually didn't know what sex was. So they didn't know that they were being abused because there had been no teachings, nothing. One of the the women interviewed confirmed she did not know where 
babies came from. And then you had young girls giving birth to children, you know, when they were 13 or 14 years old, which must have been absolutely terrifying for them, you know. And then when this was investigated, you had the midwives going on TV from the closed community saying that they had no knowledge of any form of abuse going on, but but they'd been delivering these children for effectively children. So it was a really difficult watch. And again, you know, like this is a trigger warning, anyone that's listening to this, there, there are a lot of triggering events in this documentary. But for me, having not worked closely in respect of closed community cases, I mean, I remember speaking to you after and being very surprised, even though, you know, we're both experienced in abuse work of how difficult it is to to leave and you know the the concerns and if you've never had any contact with the outside world to pack your things whatever they may be and leave everything you've ever known every fam- family member every friend and you've been told that the outside world is full of risks it must just be for most a, a real difficult situation so it's really important that these documentaries are coming out, more people are aware. And as you say, that the work that you do with lots of organizations. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, it also is a conversation that leads to discussion about coercive and controlling behavior and the laws around that. Certainly, I've been contacted by various people who have been affected by high control groups, closed communities, hard to reach groups, whatever term you want to use. And whilst it might not always be sexual abuse, there is a form of abuse often attached to, again, those types of organizations and communities. And really the framework, the legal framework around holding those organizations to account is not really where it needs to be in terms of the criminal law course of controlling behavior only applies to an intimate relationship setting and doesn't apply to the type of situation we're talking about where there there is a, a course of controlling relationship between say the leader of an organization and and the people who are within the organization so obviously in this podcast and in the documentary we're, we're looking at sexual abuse but generally you could you know see that most of the people within that community are victims of abuse in all different forms. So, you know, I think it's important that these documentaries are made, that people are watching them, that we continue having a conversation about closed communities. Also, you know, the term is sometimes used cults. We try and stay away from that and use the term closed communities and hard to reach groups um, or high control groups because they do exist. And, And there certainly has been an increase in them during the pandemic and COVID because people were looking for something else, right? The world seemed crazy. So, you you know, you're looking for something to join, something to make sense of the world. So we do need to really keep having these conversations. And what would your advice be, Kathleen, if someone's listening to this and has recently left a closed community or, you know, has got access to this and thinking about leaving a closed community? I mean, I would certainly let them know that there is a lot of support out there. There's many, many people who have left all different types of groups and the community that you might be leaving yourself. And there's really, honestly, you know, I've come across so many really, really positive and encouraging support groups for people who have left these communities. And so you really aren't going to be on your own. There's people who have left that specific community that you're probably coming from and, and can help you and support you. 
in your leaving and completely understand what you're going through in leaving that community because they've done it themselves. And, you know, from my perspective as a solicitor, certainly I don't come from a a closed community, but I do understand because of the work that I've done, how difficult it is. And so, you know, just knowing that there are people who you can speak to, particularly in the context of abuse, you know, there are people, myself and and others who are are experienced in, in dealing with cases involving these types of groups and understand the difficulties that that person leaving is facing and, and will face going forward. Thank you, Kathleen. And of course, if anyone is listening and, and wants some legal advice, we would encourage them to contact us. But also, if you've got any questions in regards to this podcast or anything else you would like us to discuss, please do not hesitate to get in contact with us. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for this conversation. I think we'll be something we'll be talking about again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Jenny, for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.